Welcome to an Impact Ministries production, brought to you by Impact Ministries World Changers, changing the way the world sees God. Learn how you can become a world changer today by visiting www.impactministries.com. Now, here's your host, founder of Impact Ministries and developer of Heart Physics, the self-development programs that have changed thousands of lives around the world, Dr. Jim Richards. Hello, I'm Jim Richards. I want to welcome you to Cyber Church. Man, I'm telling you, this month I'm going to begin a series about how to have effective prayer. You know, it's called New Covenant Prayer, but the subtitle is Effective Prayer. And that's the thing. We want to have New Covenant Effective Prayer. We want to be able to pray and get results that are promised in the Bible. And you know this as well as I do. People are confused about how to pray under the New Covenant because if you look at what most people teach about prayer, it's a bunch of old covenant stuff. It's all right that it's in the Old Testament as long as it's brought into new covenant realities. But I'm telling you, people are frustrated. People are struggling with how to have a prayer life and not get religious and legalistic, not get burdened down with it. I tell you, I'm going to take you on a journey this month that's going to help you recover your prayer life and help you bring yourself to a place to have not only new covenant prayer, but new covenant prayer that's powerful and effective. Don't go away. I'll be right back. You don't want to miss this. Hello, I'm Jim Richards. I want you to know that I've got a great free message that you can download this month. It's called Prayers That Always Get Answered. When you pray your prayers, you want to know that they're going to be answered. This is going to help you tremendously. I don't know about you, but there's stories, particularly in the Old Testament, of people praying. That I'm telling you what, I used to read those things and everything in me would come alive just thinking this is the kind of prayer life that I want to have. And then honestly, when I began to understand more and more about the new covenant, I started struggling with understanding how to pray within the boundaries of the new covenant. And I started realizing that most prayer that I was getting exposed to was based more on the old covenant than it was on the new covenant. I'm going to tell you something. I got to help you get past that. You know, I got past it and it means I've had a lifetime of a great prayer life that never gets bored, never gets dull, and always, always, always gets results. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about effective, fervent prayer. And buddy, this relates to one of those stories that you just love. In James 5.16, we have this scripture where it says, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And then it goes on to say, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. In other words, he was somebody who had the same problems that we have, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruit. I want to tell you something. Everybody at some point in your life, has longed to have that kind of prayer life. But sadly, most people have given up on it. You know, there are a lot of contributing factors. Most of the people that I know that that have tried to move into this kind of prayer life were people who were trying to see if it was going to work. He wasn't trying to see if it was going to work. He was working a plan for ministering to and greatly influencing an entire nation. So sometimes we get kind of frivolous and how we're praying and what we're praying for. But I don't want to deal with that so much today. I just want you to understand this. As I travel across North America and as I get correspondence from people all over the world, I realize that many, many believers are just giving up on prayer because they're frustrated. And one of the biggest things is there's just a lack of results in their prayer life. You know, um, we're willing to try or do about anything 
if it works, if it gets the results. But after a long enough time of no results, then we all know it's time for change. Now, what religion does is when you're getting no results, religion always says, keep trying this formula harder. You're just not doing it enough. And so religion kind of gets this idea that prayer is all about you trying to move the hand that moves the world. You're going to move God, all those kinds of things. And I'll just tell you what, there is really nothing in the Bible that shows us that that's our model for daily prayer. We don't want to keep trying the same old things that never work harder. Because all that means is we're going to be more frustrated, we're going to be more discouraged, we're going to be more apt to give up. You know, what we've got to do is we've got to examine what we're doing and determine if it's based on the new covenant. And from there, man, we can launch out into an incredible prayer life. You see, we all know that we should pray. We just really don't know how to pray. That's an amazing thing to think about. You know, as a new believer, I tell you, I'd go to church and pastors get up and talk about prayer, and I'd say, well, show me how. I know I ought to pray. I know I should pray. I, I want to pray, but I have no idea really what that looks like. And the truth is, for years, I could never, ever, ever get anybody to show me what they did when they prayed. I mean, you know, you get somebody to go kneel down and say a few words or pray an almost formal prayer. But, and I understand prayer is kind of an intimate thing. You know, my prayer life is a very personal, intimate thing. And, you know, there's certain types of praying that I do around groups of people that are of like faith. But there are certain aspects of my prayer life that you can't tell what's going on from the outside because it is so internalized in my heart. So I'm, I don't want to be totally critical, but I want you to know this. There are some major hindrances. There are some major problems with our prayer life there, the things that we're taught about our prayer life today. And I want to kind of go over some of these problems, and I want to talk about moving into that place where you have effective, fervent prayer, because that's the deal, man. You want prayer that works. You want effective prayer. I'll tell you this, effective prayer is always going to be fervent. It is always going to be charged with life and energy, emotional energy, if you will. So let's just look at some of the hindrances before we go too far that way. You know, one problem is this. There are many different types of prayer, and we attempt to roll them all into one concept. I see this all the time. You know, people don't know, you know the differences between intercession, praying for somebody else, trying to get benefits for somebody else, adoration and worship and all these things. And people have a hard time putting all of these components together. If you try to put all these components together in one concept, you're very apt to get confused unless you start with understanding the most basic concept of prayer, which you're going to before this program's over. Now, second problem, this is the biggest problem for serious New Covenant believers. The majority of believers that I deal with today and try to help are not rooted in the New Covenant. You know, the Old Testament and the Old Covenant are not the same thing. The Old Testament is, is just the testimony of God and man, you know, from the beginning. Just like the New Testament is a testimony of God and man through the Lord Jesus Christ. But the covenant and the testament are two different things. The covenant is the agreement that God made with man and the terms and benefits of that agreement. Well, the terms, benefits, and stipulations of the agreement changed. God didn't change. Man didn't change. Many of the things that we do didn't change, but the stipulations change 
whenever the new covenant was established. So many times you'll find people not basing and rooting their faith in the finished work of Jesus. They're trying to meet some criteria from the Old Testament, trying to copy everything that they did in the Old Testament, say all the things that they said in the Old Testament or under the Old Covenant. And people just don't understand. People just don't understand how to reconcile the Old and the New Covenant. I'm telling you, if you don't, you will probably end up very, very, very confused. Next, we don't understand the dynamics of faith. See, you know, the Bible talks about how that faith of the substance of things hope for evidence of things not yet seen. And what's interesting, that word things in the original language are things that have been completed, things that have been given, things that have already been established. You see, Old Covenant prayer, and I had to kind of tie these two together. Old Covenant prayer was where people would go to God and seek Him and beseech Him and seek to move him to do certain things. And so Old Covenant prayer was always about trying to have the faith for what God would do in the future. Now, New Covenant prayer, which is totally different, is always based on things that have already been accomplished. So this is why we have to go back to the cross and we have to see that through the death, burial, and resurrection, whatever it is that we're praying for has been accomplished. And only when we know it's been accomplished do we know we should be praying about it. So if you don't know it's been accomplished at the cross, you ain't got no business praying about it. You know, go read your Bible. Go renew your mind. And once you come to the place where you realize, yes, this is taken care of at the cross, then you're going to pray about something that has already been given, which means all you're really doing is aligning your heart to receive. That's what faith does. Faith creates a vessel, if you will. It creates a substructure and a foundation whereby these things in the invisible realm can come into existence in this realm. So we want to realize that new covenant faith is, they're both faith, they're both about trusting the character and the nature of God, but the old covenant faith is about trying to believe for what God will do, and new covenant faith is about trying to bring ourselves to believe what God has done through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. Now listen, in just a few minutes, we're going to come back and we're going to deal with what I think is one of the most intriguing and most important aspects of prayer. As a matter of fact, what we're going to be dealing with when we come back is going to be one of those things where if you don't get it, you will never get this entire message, this entire series. As a matter of fact, if you don't get it, you'll never get your prayer life straightened out. But if you do get it, you're going to learn to pray the way Jesus taught to pray. And, uh, the way Jesus taught to pray is a way that's going to get incredibly, incredibly effective results. I'll be right back. Don't go away. My new series this month, New Covenant Prayer, The Secret of Powerful, Effective Prayer, is going to be a deal changer for you. It's 12 incredible messages. And now listen, I teach this series or reteach this series every few years because prayer is so effective and we've got to have a powerful prayer life. And this month only, I'm going to have a special offer for you. This would normally cost you $84. This month you can get it for $59 in CD or you can download it for less than that on MP3. Like I promised you, in this segment, we're going to be talking about probably the core factor you've got to resolve about your prayer life. But before we get to that, I just want to go back, or I want to finish a few of the things that tend to hinder us in trying to have an effective prayer life, an effective, fervent prayer life. And that's the thing. You know, again, 
Effective prayer is always fervent prayer, but I tell you, people lose fervency. And this next reason right here, this next problem is part of why people lose their fervency. We don't know how to have an ongoing prayer life without becoming religious, legalistic, or just flat out bored. Because the way we pray is so rote is so formulated that it's not an interaction between the heart. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But I want to tell you something. You know, I've had a good prayer life for over 40 years, and it doesn't get religious, it doesn't get legalistic, and it doesn't get boring because I'm always going to be dynamic. I'm always going to be changing what I'm doing. I'm always going to be flowing with how I'm sensing uh, God today. I'm going to be flowing with how I'm sensing myself and where I need to go myself today. So you're going to learn all this. Listen, in this incredible 12 CD a series, you're going to learn how to manage your prayer life in ways that you just never imagined. And it's going to help everything. It's going to help your faith. It's going to help you understand about healing. It's going to help you understand about binding loosening. It's going to help you understand all kinds of things. So that when you walk into your prayer closet, you're well-equipped and you know what you're doing. Now, one other thing is that, that I want to mention about that. One of the reasons we have trouble with our prayers getting religious and boring and legalistic is because really we tend particularly, well, most of the world has an inherent lack for a capacity of meaningful relationships. I'm going to tell you something. If you don't know how to relate to people meaningfully that you can see, if you're not a person who seeks to develop conversations with your friends, with your spouse, with your children, then there's no reason to think that you can walk into your place of prayer and just magically suddenly be able to flow in this thing with God. And so, you know, we struggle. We struggle with meaningful relationships. That's part of our whole prayer issue. Another thing is we just don't know how to get into our heart zone because if you're not engaging the heart, you're going to learn something about that today. If you're not engaging the heart, you're just talking, you're not praying. And then one more thing, you know, see, we don't know how to make prayer fit into real life. This is incredibly important. One of the things I learned, many of you know, I used to have a clinic. I was a medical practitioner. And uh, one of the things I learned about helping people get well physically, and it's this, a person will only do over an extended period of time that which fits into their daily life. Most of how we approach prayer does not fit into our daily life. Therefore, it becomes something that is very, very artificial. Something that's very, very separated and distant from us. And I'm going to tell you something. When prayer is engaged through your heart, one of the things that's going to happen to you is you're going to find that you're always flowing in prayer. You're never bored. And you're going to find how this fits into real life. Well, listen. We kind of just talked about the problems long enough. Now let's talk about what prayer really is. And you know, one of the things I've found so many times, you'll hear preachers fussing about this and fussing about that. Sometimes I'll go, well, here's an idea. Let's just see what the word means. And you can find all kinds of definitions for prayer that are not rooted in what God taught about prayer. Remember, God gave us the first five books of the Bible in his own language. And that's always got to be the root of understanding all truth. All new covenant truth has got to be supported by the first five books of the Bible. But in the Hebrew, the word prayer is an incredibly interesting word. And once you understand what the word prayer is, is about, you've got now the understanding to reshape your prayer life, the understanding to change everything about how you're approaching prayer. The word prayer is a compound word that basically means two things. It means 
to judge or assess. Now, boy, I know there's a lot of people out there that you feel like you're free from legalism, you're free from all this, and you're like, I'm not going to judge. I'm not going to judge myself. Well, maybe, let's hang in here with me just for a few minutes. It may not be what you think. So you've got to judge and then reconcile. Those are the two meanings of the word pray, to judge and to reconcile. Now, I know you got to be saying, what? I don't even get what that means. See, when we hear the word judge, we always think about it in a negative connotation. And you know, in the New Testament, you can read the word judge, and it'll tell you to judge yourself, to find yourself approved. And then there will be other words, other times when the word judge is used, and you know it's, it's got a negative connotation. It's got condemnation and guilt and shame and punishment, all that kind of thing. It's one of those words that we have to be able to interpret it based on the context that it's used in. So, judging and then reconciling. Let's talk about what that looks like in real life. You see, God's Word is full of promises about my life. And God's Word is full of wisdom about how to walk in these. These promises are legally mine because I'm in Jesus. I am not talking about earning something. I'm not talking about getting into dead works. I am not talking about getting into legalism. But I am telling you this. I have to be able to honestly look at my life and make an assessment or a judgment that says... Is it happening in my life as it should be according to God's Word? Now, remember the word righteous or righteousness means as it should be. We've made it everything except what it actually means. So if I'm wanting to move into the realm of righteousness, then this means I'm wanting to move into this place where my life is as it should be. That means that my relationship should be going well. This means that I should be succeeding. This means I should be prospering. This means all of these things that God's Word gives me the wisdom to do should be happening in my life. And so when I look at my life and I say, whoa, wait a minute, here's a part of my life that absolutely is not working, then I got to reconcile it. Well, how do I reconcile it? Well, remember in the new covenant, and I know you guys probably get so tired of hearing this, but I don't know why we're always looking for a new formula. I don't know why we're always thinking we've got to find some new way to solve the problems. For the new covenant believer, there is only one process for transformation. Now, there can be some things you do where you have an experience that changes things temporarily or for a moment. When it comes to personal transformation, there's only one process that is to identify anything associated with the old man and put it off. And then renew your mind around who you are and what you have in Jesus today. And then once you renew your mind, put on the new man that can live this life, that will live this life. That's it. Put off, renew your mind, put on. There's not another process for transformation. And that's the whole goal. We don't want to keep getting in trouble and just getting miracles get out of trouble. No. See, that's why Jesus said make disciples. Jesus didn't tell us to go make a codependent world that runs to us every time they need somebody to pray for them. He said, you go and make them disciples. In other words, you go and show them how to connect with God for themselves. And that's what we want. We want people to know God, know who He is, and be able to look at their lives with no guilt, no shame. And if you believe the gospel of peace, you should be able to admit anything about yourself, anything that you see that's not as it should be, and just say, man, alive, you know, this is really not righteousness. This is really not as it should be. And I want to live and walk in righteousness because I have righteousness in Jesus. And I want to walk in how life should be. And so what do I do? Then I reconcile it. 
And so how am I going to reconcile it? Well, first, I am going to send that away. I am going to put off, I'm going to disassociate myself with any of the deeds of the old man, any of the deeds of darkness, anything that's not based on the Word of God. And then I'm going to renew my mind. You know, renewing your mind, I mean, there's a lot more to that, I think, than we grasp. But renewing your mind, man, you're looking at the Word of God and you're saying, how should this work? What should my attitude be? What do I need to be doing in order to be more effective at this? And once I've seen that and have renewed my mind, then I'm going to make a choice about putting it on. That's for the reconciliation. Come on. You know, I judge or assess my life based on the Word of God. And then anywhere where there's out of sorts, I renewed my mind, and then I put that on. And, you know, putting that on is a part of your prayer life. Putting that on is a part of meditation. It's a part of every aspect of your prayer life. It's a part of your worship life. It's a part of your confession, all of these kinds of things. So we want our prayer life to be taking us through a continuous process of transformation. You know, I had somebody tell me one time, they said, you know, Jim, you just talk about transformation too much. And I'm like, well, what are you saying? And they said, well, you know, you really could get people to get kind of works-oriented. I said, well, really? And what's wrong with that? Well, you know, we're delivered from works. No, you're not. You're delivered from dead works. You're not delivered from good works. You're not delivered from bringing forth fruit in your life. In fact, that's why you have grace. In fact, that's why you have the Holy Spirit inside you. In fact, that's why you've been made a new creation. In fact, that is your ultimate destiny to spend your life growing into your true identity so that you become more and more like Jesus. What the book of Romans says, it says that God predestined us to be conformed to his image. Man, you know what? If it was so important to God that he made this decision before he ever created us and said, I want everybody to come into their identity through the Lord Jesus. I want the Lord Jesus to be the center focus. But you're going to spend your life discovering who God is and spend your life discovering who you are because you're following Jesus as Lord because you've accepted God's truth. Listen, remember, when you sit down and pray, it doesn't matter if you're going to try to get healed. It doesn't matter if you've got financial problems. It doesn't matter what you're trying to work out. It doesn't matter what you're facing. You want to judge or assess, and then you want to reconcile. And when you do that every single day, you'll get up and your life be different. You know, I used to call years ago when I first released the uh, prayer organizer, we would call it setting your life in order. And man, I tell you what, that's still an effective title because the real truth is every single day you set your life in order. And every single day you take the new step that you need to take for that day so that you can make the journey that God has called you to make. I really hope you will make this journey. Listen, don't go away. I'll be back my mentoring moment in just a second. Make your plans now to be with me on July the 15th, 16th, and 17th for World Changer Weekend. And then again in October, you can check on my website for a Heart Physics Weekend. Listen, we're changing lives, changing the world, changing ourselves, growing in God. You know, almost 40 years ago, God gave me a plan for reaching the world in a way that nearly no one has ever done since the time of Jesus. He said, instead of building a big conglomerate ministry, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but for me, he said, instead of doing this where you have a localized 
power base. He said, invest in people who are influencers. And so we started Impact International School of Ministry, and we have invested in influencers all over the world so that today, millions and millions of people are hearing this message. People, we won't see this side of heaven. But you know something? We've taken that a step farther with what we call Operation One Billion, where all over the world, we are starting Bible schools to train leaders. And in these third world countries, when they go to Bible school and when they get launch out. They go out and evangelize. They go out and start churches. It's not like America where people just go to Bible school and quit. Listen, I would invite you to become not just a world changer with our ministry, but join me in Operation One Billion. All right, so we're talking about our mentoring moment, putting this into practice. And remember, nothing you ever hear helps you if you don't meditate on it, ponder it, consider it, reflect it, and try to discover what it would look like if you put it into practice in your life. Not in a legalistic way, but in a way that says, I love God and I'm growing. Here's the thing. If prayer is assessing and then reconciling our situations, in other words, bringing our situations back in line with the Word of God, back in line with the terms, conditions of the covenant, then there's a question that I want you to ask yourself. You might want to write this down. Do I allow in my life what Jesus has already conquered? So that's a question we've got to ask. See, here's what we do. We have a problem that's in our life. It's not going the way the Bible says it should go according to the promises of God. And then we make the fatal mistake of saying, why? 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 Well, when you ask the question why, you're always going to end up in judgment. You're going to judge yourself. You're going to judge God. You're going to judge people around you. Forget about why. Here's the deal. You have to just make an assessment. Do I allow in my life that which Jesus has already conquered? And if I do, am I willing to make the decision to put a stop to it, to disassociate with it, to put it off completely. Because you see, you can't reconcile your life with the new covenant as long as you still own or entertain things in your life that are not based on the Word of God. See, really in the book of 1 John, when he talks about confessing our sins, it's not the way we've always talked about it. It's just this. It's just owning. Just saying the same thing about it. Take ownership of it. Yes, there's this place in my life that's less than who I really am in Jesus, but I realize it now, and no, you cannot stay in my life. And then you begin to reaffirm who you are in Jesus. Listen, as I teach on this prayer series, and as you listen to the messages, you're going to transform your life powerfully. Thanks for listening to the weekly Impact Ministries World Changers podcast with Dr. Jim Richards. If you like what you've just heard, we encourage you to share our web address, www.impactministries.com, with friends and colleagues. Be sure to check out the resources section of our website for previous podcasts and our videos. Join us next week for another great message by Dr. Jim Richards.